What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Financial Residency Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Inman, and I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. I hope it wasn't too slammed in the hospital or you weren't on call. You were able to enjoy it a little time with family, even if it was socially distanced. And I hope all of you are safe and well. Thank you again for everything that you guys are doing. I know that times are crazy, and hopefully I can take your mind a little bit off of the craziness of the world and we can nerd out on some finance stuff. So I think it's really cool that you guys decide to join me on the show and I'm honored because this podcast is about cash flow, budgets, financial goals, investments, honestly, all things nerdy and get you to, to be financially savvy. And some of these topics aren't the sexiest, but you're here and that's what matters because I'm working really hard to give you amazing information in the podcast, but there's a little catch. I don't know you or anything about you or whatever your financial needs are. So please Treat this as entertainment purposes only. Consult your attorney, your CPA, or reach out to us, fee-only financial planners, before taking any action or making any decisions affecting your hard-earned money. That's just the smart thing to do. So it's a solo show with me today, and I want to go over a little bit about financial advisors, when you should hire one, and what type of advisor, if you were to hire one that you'd be looking for. And some of you may already have financial planners. Some of you may never need a financial planner. And that's awesome because I want to start this off on the right foot to say, not everyone needs to hire a financial planner. There are some of you that listen to this podcast along with other shows and read books and do things that you nerd out on your off time, literally talking and reading and digesting personal finance. And that's fantastic. But there's going to be people in your circles, right? Your peers that are not going to enjoy that same thing. And there's also people, lots of people that listen to this podcast that are not going to enjoy doing this. This is almost a chore to listen to my show as we're going through and talking about all these things just so you can get up to speed. But not everyone needs to work with a planner. So I want to make sure that we start the ground off correct here. But you are going to develop several critical relationships in your lifetime. And being a physician, you're going to have the chance to work with many types of personalities and professions throughout that career and some who you're going to choose to work with and others, maybe not so much. But this is a discussion about one of the most important people, I think, that you're going to have a choice to work with, and that's a trusted financial advisor. You guys all have higher than average salaries, which means that finding someone to help you navigate through big financial decisions, as well as some of the everyday ones, is going to likely come up. And if it's not immediately in your situation, it will likely be in your peer group. Similar to how some of us need a little extra help learning to maybe cultivate relationships, it's not any different than choosing a financial advisor. Knowing how to choose that financial advisor that you want to do business with doesn't have to be complicated. You just need a place to start and I think a good foundation. And that's really what I want to set for you guys today is a foundation that if you are looking for a financial advisor or will in the future, please know that these are things that you should know and that way you can be just more educated and honestly just not get screwed and taken advantage of. Unfortunately, many of you have with big companies like Northwestern Mutual, Merrill Lynch, the some of the bad characters in our industry. So many of you are going to say, well, it's tough to find like a good advisor to even just start the process of selecting an advisor. And you may be tempted to ask your friends and your family who you should use. And that's honestly a really bad thing. Do not just say, oh, it's good enough for Jane. It's good enough for me. Absolutely not. Do your own due diligence. Some of you are just going to say, well, I'll just type it into Google and pick whoever is the best website. Horrible idea. 
when it comes to your money, you need to be very, very selective in who you are going to work with. And don't just base it off what someone else does or what a website looks like. Now, all of you probably know, but for those of you that don't, I am a fee-only financial advisor, right? So I come from a place of one, we work with physicians all across the country and I would love to work with you and I know the team would, right? And if you ever needed a financial advisor, we would love to just toss our hat in the ring Go to physicianwealthservices.com and you can book a call and actually talk with me about potentially working with us and if we're a good fit. But the other side of me is just if you don't choose us, which again is okay, I want to make sure that you're equipped to know how the financial advising world works. Because ultimately, I want you to be able to make the most informed decision possible when it comes to choosing someone to help you navigate the crazy world of personal finance. So let's review some of the things you need to know about selecting and working with an advisor. The first thing would be, I'm thinking here is just when should I hire a financial advisor? And sometimes it's, you're not hiring an advisor, not necessarily to grow your money, but rather than protect it. I joke all the time. It's like part of my job is to protect your money from you from doing dumb mistakes, as well as teaching you what those mistakes could be. So we don't make them together. But what if you don't have a lot of assets that need protecting? Or what if you want to take what little you have and actually help it grow into something significant? And that's when deciding whether to hire an advisor or not is a big step towards overall money management. Now, if you are a resident or a med student, because we get some of you that have reached out to us, here's how I look at this. You do not need a financial advisor, especially during training. Now, your hours are erratic. You're not even getting remotely close to compensated what you should be getting compensated If you're like Taylor, you're spending every fourth night in the hospital. Finance is probably the last thing, honestly, that's on your mind. But if you're listening here, I love you because you are doing stuff that majority of your peers are not doing. And I am proud of you for that. But you should not be hiring a financial planner. Now, my advice would be is to wait till you are a new attending. And that way you're going to have a better idea of your earning potential but you're also going to have a better picture of your monthly cash flow, your student loan payments, lots of other things that come in. But also you're not going to experience lifestyle inflation unchecked if you end up working with a financial advisor in the beginning part of your attending career. Now, the reason why some of you might reach out to a financial advisor during residency is if you're pursuing federal student loan forgiveness through all the different various programs. And you might need some help navigating those murky waters of PSLF since honestly, it's pretty confusing. And a family financial advisor could help you with that process and make sure you're set up for that. But it's not the main reason why you should work with someone. And it's definitely not reason to fork over thousands of dollars to work with someone. I've had Travis Hornsby on the show before. Travis is a great resource for student debt and can help put out a student debt plan for honestly a few hundred bucks, which is pretty affordable. So I'd highly recommend reaching out to someone like Travis and his crew that can help you work through that. And at least you have a student debt plan in training that will help you move forward. So you can check him out at financialresidency.com slash Travis, T-R-A-V-I-S. Now, we used to actually offer this as a service at Physician Wall Services, and we got really busy and it was really hard to keep up with this. But most advisors that are going to offer this are looking at this as a lead generation type service. You are paying them for student loan analysis. They are giving you that analysis that gives them the ability to either come back and sell you a service or a product later or even right then and there trying to convince you to work with them, even if you're early on in your career. So just be wary of 
planners that are offering this as a service because that is really meant to be a lead generation for them so they can always remain in contact with you since they helped you with that. Not necessarily saying that's a bad thing, just I want you to understand why financial advisors will offer this and why someone like Travis and his firm would be an excellent option so you know you're not getting continually pitched against financialresidency.com slash Travis. So we've covered a little bit about in training, right? Just don't get one. And if you wanted to really work through a financial plan, we've talked about it on the show. Taylor and I wrote an entire book that literally is meant for residents to understand what financial planning is, what it makes up, and how to build one on your own. It's literally 25 bucks. It's at Amazon. You can check it out, financialresidency.com slash book. And it's self-titled Financial Residency, creating a financial plan without the long hours and sleepless nights. That will be a very good start for any resident or med student that's trying to understand personal finance and put together a plan. But if you need more one, but if you want more specific advice and you still want to work with a financial advisor, our financial fellowship program is literally created for this. And for new attendings trying to put together a financial plan, they want to mostly do it themselves, but not by themselves. You can check us out, financialfellowship.com. We offer it two times a year. It's going to come out in January. Excited to launch that next 12-week masterclass going through the financial fellowship. So check it out, financialfellowship.com. Now, some of you are going to be thinking, well, okay, what's the difference between a financial advisor and a financial planner? Like I kind of figured out the timing. I think the timing might be now or maybe in a year Uh, but who do I hire? Which one do I go to? And they're kind of synonymous. They're almost the same exact thing. But let's look at this. Financial advisor is really a broad term used to identify anyone who helps clients manage their money. They don't necessarily have to hold any specific credentials or certifications, although many of them do. But a general term financial advisor refers to those who manage money. It could also be a stockbroker, an insurance agent, even a banker, because they're generally involved in managing money. Now that if the financial advisor is the general term, think financial planner is the more narrow definition for someone who manages money, but also helps manage the finances for their clients as well. And financial planners typically hold some sort of certifications, which demonstrate some sort of knowledge within certain specialties. And this is where it gets crazy and there's a giant alphabet soup and some are worth more than others and it's really hard to navigate The kind of three, four biggest ones are Certified Financial Planner, which is a CFP, Chartered Financial Analyst, which is CFA, Chartered Financial Consultant, CHFC, or a Certified Investment Management Analyst, which is CIMA. And if you see these designations, it means that this financial planner has gone through at least some specific testing to receive this certification. It doesn't actually tell you what their experience is or if they're a good planner or not. It just says that they've at least passed some knowledge-based requirement to get from where they were to where they are now. For the most part, I use financial advisor designation throughout the conversations here just because I'm referring to overall money management. But as you guessed it by now, there are just quite a few ways someone can act as a financial advisor. And those are really come down to fee-based and fee-only financial planners. Now, you may be thinking that all financial advisors are created equal. That is the furthest from the truth you can get, but we get that a lot when I hear and read some of the comments and questions and things going on in our community. And as long as there, you know, there's a string of letters after someone's name, it means they're certified, so they're going to be a great person. And honestly, most people then are surprised that when they start working with someone, it's, oh, this is not what I thought it was. 
And that's generally because they only looked at the surface level and they didn't come and look multiple levels down. So let's start with fee-based, right? A fee-based advisor, the keyword there is based, is simply a financial advisor who's compensated both by you as well as other sources of revenue. So a fee-based advisor can receive compensation from commissions or kickbacks, selling products, bonuses, referral fees. Now, it's probably not a newsflash to you that fee-based advisors can earn money or just advisors, as you're thinking, can earn money from different avenues. But you need to consider how that creates a gigantic conflict of interest for your relationship with whatever fee-based advisor you have chosen or would choose. It's going to be virtually impossible to eliminate any conflict of interest because this someone is going to receive additional compensation via commissions or products, whatever it is, by selling you those products. And then you should be thinking, well, do they really have my best interest at heart or in mind? Or do they just want to put additional revenue, you know, in their pockets? NAFA did a study in greater than 97% of all financial planners or financial advisors, right? We'll use it interchangeably for the sake of discussion, fall into this fee-based category. So 97% of advisors are making more than just what's in their client agreement or that small percentage of assets under management fee, which please don't actually pay assets under management fee. You can find fixed flat fee payments and will save you tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, potentially even millions, depends on how much you have over your investing career. So do not choose a percentage-based fee to pay your advisor. Fee-based advisors cannot be held to a fiduciary oath. And I'm going to discuss more on what the fiduciary is, but their only obligation, which then means that their only obligation to you is to recommend products that are quote-unquote suitable to you. So think of the giant financial planning firms out there with the commercials all over TV, right? They're not only advertising their investment services, but they're advertising insurance or disability or long-term care or annuities. And that sounds awesome. Oh, it's a one-stop shop. But it really, it's just one giant conflict of interest ball. And Wells Fargo has been known for this with their coining the phrase cross-selling, right? You come in for one product, you leave with four, Northwestern Mutual, Merrill Lynch, they all have their cross-selling that they do. One-stop shop in financial planning is a horrible, horrible idea, right? So other providers, including these brokers, have a suitability obligation, meaning that they can recommend a product that is appropriate at the time of purchase, but they have no ongoing responsibility to monitor that quote-unquote investment. So I also want to, I think here, pause for a second and say that I want to make sure that you understand that not all fee-based financial advisors are greedy, commission-hungry sales representatives, right? There are some really great people that who are fee-based advisors that are my friends who would actually help you grow your portfolio, but they are able to sell you products and they will sell you products and that will create that natural conflict of interest. And with this type of setup, conflict is unavoidable. And so you look at it and go, well, I can go with someone where conflict is unavoidable and I have no idea they're doing this on my behalf or just because they want to make money. Or you can go to the other side of this, which is called fee-only financial planning, where you know every single time it's always going to be in your best interest. Now, costs might be a little different because you're paying for the person to be a fiduciary for you versus fee-based. They don't have to tell you anything on that end, but it's up to you on how you want to decide. But I would never, ever have anyone that I know work with someone who's fee-based, even though I know and love these people because of those conflicts of interest. So fortunately, there's that alternative out there that if you're looking to work with someone who can eliminate all these conflicts, or at least the majority of those conflicts, because there's never 
a complete elimination of conflicts, but that would be the fee-only financial advisor. So they sound very similar, right? Fee-only, fee-based. That based or only are the big keywords. It's in the names almost sound, but there's a big difference between the two and it really comes down to compensation. And the fee-only financial advisor is someone who's going to act as a fiduciary for your account, meaning that they're going to put your best interest first. Sounds like a no-brainer. I don't know why anyone couldn't be a fiduciary. Just blows my mind where they can take their hat on and off and say they're fiduciary or not. Just be very careful with someone who won't put this in writing, right? A fiduciary is someone who's taken this fiduciary oath and vows to put your financial needs at the top and not make additional commissions off selling a bunch of crap products to you. So because of this additional oath that is taken, a fee-only financial advisor believes in being usually, I should say, as transparent with fees as possible. There's not a lot of room for a hidden agenda or way to pull a gotcha on you. Everything, including the fees, should be discussed upfront and put in writing. So as a fee-only financial advisor, I look at it as we can act as a liaison between other specialists, such as an attorney or an accountant or a realtor or an insurance agent, right? And we've stripped out all of basically the conflicts of interest, right? And because these are other important aspects of your finances that you will need these products, right? You're going to need someone to help you file your taxes. You're going to need to buy a house. You're going to need to get disability coverage. But your financial advisor doesn't need to be the one collecting those fees. I joke all the time, I'm the PCP for your personal finances, right? I can basically help you with everything, but on the very nuanced things, instead of holding the licenses and trying to be a jack of all trades and provide all this with this honestly shroud of mystery of, well, what's good for me and what's not, it's very black and white. I do this and let's go find the accountant or the insurance agent that does this all day, every day that can help you get this product that you desperately need. And that way you realize that you need the product. And I'm telling you, you need product because it's in your best interest, not because it lines my pockets. So fee-only advisors, and I've talked about this before, but they have various like fee structures, right? It could be hourly, could be a monthly with retainer, could be a percentage of assets, could be a one-time fee. Majority of the people, I want to say 95 plus percent are going to charge a percentage of assets, which I think is a horrible way to pay for your financial planning advice. Investments are just one piece of your financial plan. It shouldn't be the reason why we are charging you your fee and determining your fee value based on your percentage of assets. I am very much in the minority in this camp. Most advisors, I've actually even told me and mentors of mine said, hey, by charging a fixed flat fee, you'll never be able to scale. You will not be a massive profitable firm because you can't basically work with people who are quote unquote poor. I used to work for a firm that had million dollar minimums. I was not allowed to work with new physicians because they didn't have a million dollars. How could they ever pay a fee is what they kept asking me. And I look at this as this is the exact time where most of you are going to need the most help. You don't need help once you've already made it. You need help getting to make it right. And those big financial landmines that you could hit along the way. And then, of course, the giant target on all your backs, including my wife's, right, when you're being pitched all this crap because you're a doctor, they understand you're extremely smart, you have a really high income, but you have no formal training in finances. Therefore, you're likely to be taken advantage of and they can sell you these products. So I look at this as the person that you're choosing to work with, which and I'm not so secret about it. I hope it is us at some point. If you need help at Physician Well Services, we'd love to work with you. But if it isn't, I hope you're choosing someone who charges a fixed flat fee that is based 
on nothing else other than you working with them. And that is for their time and effort. It shouldn't scale based on your net worth. It shouldn't scale based on how much your assets are. None of that. It is a fixed flat fee and it should be on the website. Like you go to their site, their fee should be there. It shouldn't be contact us for a quote. It shouldn't be done over the phone or through Zoom. It should be there. You should know when you book that call, how much you're going to pay that person. That's how transparent the financial advisor you're choosing should be, right? And this all really just comes back to, are they signing a fiduciary oath and are they a fiduciary? So when you hear the word fiduciary, you want make sure that it, your advisor is going to be one. We are one for our clients. And that's why I even say in our disclaimer, please don't take advice from anyone on the internet or through a podcast or anything because they don't know who you are. There's no way to act as a fiduciary when I've never met you. We are fiduciaries for our clients. And it sounds like a legal term because it actually is a legal term. It's more than a legal term. A fiduciary is an oath that has been taken on behalf of our clients. So a fiduciary is a financial advisor who has the legal responsibility to dispense sound financial advice that is only in the best interest of the client. That is very different than the advisor who is selling specific products and potentially making additional commissions off the products they sell. Not all financial planners are fiduciaries. That is a big, not all financial, 95 plus percent of all planners, and it's probably even higher than that, are not fiduciaries and they will not put it in writing. A lot of these big brokerage firms or big banks or any of these big financial planning firms, they can't actually put it in writing because they are not one. Even if that advisor wants to be, they can't because of all the other conflicts that are just present at their firm. So the advisor could say, I want to be one. And their firm might not actually allow them to be one because they sell products. Northwestern actually came out and wrote this huge thing for the CFP Board of Ethics. And basically it said, we are not fiduciaries and we will never be fiduciaries. And the whole sole job of anyone at Northwestern Mutual is to make as much revenue and premium as possible by selling their quote unquote clients as much products as possible. Now I'm paraphrasing a multi-page document. Well, that is basically what it says. It, go Google. It is out there. Northwestern is not your friend. The advisor, quote unquote advisor, because they're basically a fake advisor, is not your best friend. They get into these residency programs, these fellowships, and they are somehow, and they're able to convince a bunch of you to honestly buy their products. And it's extremely frustrating on my end. So they're not fiduciaries. They can never put that in writing and honestly have inferior products. So just be careful when you're getting pitched a lot of this stuff, that you're working with the right person. So when you're working with a fiduciary, you are legally entitled to full disclosure, honesty, and financial advice free from bias, right? Choosing someone that's a fiduciary is critical in finding that financial advisor. And like I said, we are fiduciaries for our clients and we put this in writing, right? You could draw the parallel between the Hippocratic Oath and a fiduciary guarantee or fiduciary oath. Both are a personal code of conduct that indicates your duties and obligations. Your advisor should be willing to share their obligations in writing with you. And it is 100% within your right to ask for that. So I want to round out the show with some of the questions that I typically do not get asked or don't get asked enough that I think should be asked when you're interviewing a financial planner or you're interviewing us to potentially work together. And one question, and maybe it's because some of you you know, come from the podcast or know us personally or whatever it may be, but we don't get asked enough, 
what type of client do we typically work with? Now, if you were to ask that to most advisors, they would say, oh, we work with doctors and attorneys and other high income professionals. But then you don't really have a firm understanding of how each one of those work. You cannot understand the complexities of physicians and attorneys and other high income professionals, entrepreneurs, and be a business expert. It's just not possible. They're basically telling you, I'll work with anyone who basically makes $100,000 or more. And that is not the type of person you want to work with. You need to be asking this, who does your firm work with? Who do you specialize in? And if their answer isn't, we work with 100% physicians, then move on. Because physicians, you guys have extremely unique situation. It is very hard to navigate the process with so many things changing, the delayed gratification, the urges to want to then go out and splurge and spend all this money because you finally are making what you're worth when you become an attending to be able to understand how much in student debt you have and how to navigate that minefield of all the different choices. Most financial planners have no idea how student debt works. They'll take the Dave Ramsey approach and, oh, well, refinance and pay off the, the lowest interest or the highest interest rate first. That's a horrible idea. Do not do that. But that is what the majority of financial advisors out there are going to do. So if they don't tell you they work 100% with MDs and DOs, you need to find someone who does. And obviously, physician well services, that's what we do. That's not why I'm saying this, but you need to ask that question. The next biggest question that I rarely get asked is what ties do you have to the medical community? And I think this is extremely important because you need to understand how this advisor or the team of advisors is coming around to working with physicians themselves. Did they grow up with a physician in their house or have a family member that is, or are they married to one? Do they have a former career that had them working directly with physicians? That's okay too. But th there's two points uh, to this question, right? You're going to first find out if they're quickly connected enough to understand the lifestyle of being basically a physician or married into medicine. Yeah, there's a nice salary involved. There's also a massive amount of student loan debt. You're trying to navigate pursuing PSLF or just the irregular schedules, different types of investment opportunities. There's just, there's so many things that go on with being a physician and having someone who's got a close connection to the medical community it's going to be really hard for them to relate to what you're going through without having that. I don't care if they work with 50 different physicians. They're still not going to understand what it's like to be in medicine or married to medicine or have a parent that was there. They don't experience those same things. So it's going to be harder to relate to those financial advisors that don't have any connection in. The second is going to actually pinpoint, this might even be a bigger one, their motivation with working with physicians. Because if there isn't any personal connection, then it's really easy to assume you're only here because I have a high salary and because I likely don't have a, a high financial acumen. Therefore, that's probably the only reason you're trying to work with me. And in that case, you need to run as fast away as possible because the, you need someone that's genuinely interested in your particular financial situation who is an expert in that, who has gone through that, whether it's been married to or someone in their family, or they just generally have this vast amount of network of physicians that they work with or that they, or just this vast amount of knowledge just from having so many friends that are physicians. Something's got to really closely tie them into working with physicians and they need to be working 100% with them. Otherwise, just move on. 
We do get asked a lot about how we get paid, right? And it's really easy for my firm to say, well, it's on our website. When you click to book the call, it is right there. It is fixed flat fee and scale based on if you had $100 in your account or $800,000 in your account, it is the same amount right then and there. But I know a lot of you just aren't asking that question a lot and that you really should be asking that question. Probably third biggest question that I wished I was asked more was how would I describe our investment philosophy? And if you ask that, you're going to understand really quickly, if you, especially if you interviewed just two or three, that every advisor really has their own investment philosophy. Like you probably know your own beliefs, but you probably don't know what beliefs and investment philosophy that your advisor would actually adhere to. Now, there's going to be some advisors that are more aggressive, that are going to try to make big returns, even if that involves more risk. There's going to be some advisors that are more conservative, but you need to be working with someone that is looking at low cost, highly diversified index funds, passive investing, right? They're not trying to beat the market. They're not trying to time the market. They're not trying to find active managers that are going to beat whatever benchmark there is. If you hear any of that terminology, if they're trying to beat it, they're trying to go and get creative, or if they're talking over your head, find someone new because they're likely investing in a way that is been literally there's Nobel Prize winning research that has shown that if you just invest with the market, not trying to beat the market or that performance or that benchmark, that you will over time have a much higher probability of coming out ahead than those that are paying expensive fees and trying to beat the index. It's very tough to do uh, on both of those. I do actually get this question a lot, but it's not enough for me to say that it shouldn't be here. So I'm going to mention it is I'm not in your state. Can you still work with me? Right. And so I, I get this common question at Physician Well Services. And in my case, like we're available to work with clients nationwide. We're registered with the SEC. We have clients from coast to coast, top to bottom. I joke with our couple. Somehow we have a couple of clients in North Dakota. I love them, but we have clients literally in every single state. And so you have to understand like with the advisor you're potentially choosing, yeah, they may not be looking in your state and that's okay, but are they willing to work around your your regular schedules? Right. We work with clients and our last calls are at 7 p.m. Pacific. Right. That is extremely late if you're on the East Coast. That means our last call wouldn't start till 10 p.m. on the East Coast. That's crazy. It's unheard of with financial advisors. But the reason is because we understand we're not going to say, hey, meet with us for the 20 seconds you have in between patients or on your drive home. That's not a great relationship and way to work through finances. You're not going to be understanding everything because you'll be multitasking and doing other things. We want you fully focused. Your advisor should be able to accommodate that because they understand what it's like to be in medicine, your life in medicine. So it goes back to that previous question. So these are some of the things that I think you need to be asking your advisor. And as you can tell from the various designations and definitions, there's going to be quite a difference between one advisor to the next, right? How your advisor is paid and the services they are going to provide shouldn't be shrouded in mystery. It should be very clear, concise, transparent process that as you narrow down the potential list of advisors, you're able to kind of walk through and go, hey, these are going to fit the needs because of X, Y, Z, right? Doing your research up front to make sure that the advisor is registered or confirming that they're a fiduciary, right? And they're going to give it to you in writing. Huge, huge deal. So gather your list of questions is going to be your best bet to getting started. And don't be afraid to ask them, and especially don't be afraid to ask them to put their fiduciary oath in writing. Now, you probably aren't going to be 100% on the goals that you need or you want to accomplish with your money over the next several years, and that's okay. 
but you should always be certain that your advisor is going to have your best interest in mind as you create a plan for your finances. Because a trusted financial advisor should be one partner that you have complete confidence and trust in as you navigate the crazy world of personal finance. So hopefully this was helpful to all of you. This is stuff I generally see or hear, and these are things that I just want to make sure that you guys understand how this works and a little bit more behind the scenes of how my industry operates. And unfortunately, the finance industry is not your friend. And 97 plus percent of all the people out there are going to sell you products and get kickbacks and commissions. And it's a tough thing to navigate without knowing the right things to ask. So hopefully this was helpful. Like I mentioned before, my conflict of interest for the show here is that we are fee-only financial planners. We work with physicians all across the country, and we would be honored if we could just toss our name into the hat as your interviewing planner. I think we likely would be a good fit for you because we only work with physicians, MDs, and DOs, and obviously I'm married to Taylor, and we know what it's like to be married into medicine, to have the six-figure debt, uh, and all that craziness that goes alongside of it, including lifestyle inflation. But that does not mean that we're always going to be the fit for every single one of you listening, and that's okay too. So hopefully this was helpful. I appreciate all of you. Please share the podcast with one physician or another spouse of a physician like myself. We would really appreciate it. And I know that they would appreciate understanding a little bit probably more about their finances and feeling a little more confident in everything that's going on. So we've got a really cool 2021 plan, by the way. I don't know. Like I always do our little community updates. We've got a really cool 2021 coming. We've got another book uh, that's coming out, The Hippocratic House, Do No Harm When Buying Your First Physician Home. Doug Krause is writing the majority of that book. I've helped out here and there. I'm writing the forward. So it's another book coming from Financial Residency. I'm really, really excited to get that out because there's so many things that you have to understand when buying a house and getting a mortgage and how it all interrelates. That book is going to answer so many questions. So I'm excited. It was supposed to be out in Q4. It wasn't. It's going to come out in Q1. We had some issues with the publisher and just kind of getting everything together. And COVID didn't obviously help with the timing at all either. The website, financialresidency.com, has gotten a little facelift where you've got about 50 posts that have not been posted that are starting to get posted. So there's going to be lots of great content happening there. And I've redesigned it in a way that it's done by sections. And think of this as different pieces of curriculum that you would need to understand across the board to really understand and take control over your finances. So it's there to supplement the podcast. There's a lot of good things that I've written on and I want you guys to check it out. So financialresidency.com has gotten that facelift and, and to check it out. I mentioned that the Financial Fellowship is going to be launching in January. So if you are interested in putting together a financial plan, this is for those that want to do it themselves, but not do it by themselves. This is a group kind of masterclass. You'll be working with me. You'll get uh, six one-hour calls with me along with all of our templates and all of our videos and all this amazing stuff. So it's cool. It's going to start in January. You can go to financialfellowship.com and sign up and register uh, today. It's open. And there's some interesting things. I'll leave it as just cool stuff coming for the show. We're going to be highlighting more segments. We've got a new segment called Financial Malpractice coming in that I'm excited to tease out here a little bit, but great things coming. So everyone, please stay safe. Thank you all for doing what you do. I know 
COVID's crazy and honestly quarantine life for those of us that are fortunate enough to be able to have quarantine life and not have to go in the hospital has been difficult, but we are so appreciative of everything you guys are doing. So please stay safe. Have a great week and I'll see you on Friday. Cheers. This is for entertainment purposes only. Do not take this as investment advice. My dad is only a fiduciary for his clients. Have a great day. Bye.